0: And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 204 presented by CLNS Media and sponsored by our good friends over at FanDuel and Factor Meals. My name is Connor Ryan and once again we are uh, riding solo today for this episode and um, I think when we talk about the Bruins and how they've played as of late, they're kind of similar to how I'm feeling right now. Which if you can't tell from the congestion, probably the multiple coughs you're going to hear on this podcast, feeling pretty crappy. And I think if you're a Bruins fan and you've watched uh, this team over this extended home stand, probably uh, say they're playing kind of a similar way, aren't they? Right? And you look at just—I um, mean, we're recording this Saturday night, so um, an up-to-date podcast by the time this one drops. Um, Bruins have now lost four straight games at home, which is uh, kind of hard to believe. They—they've fallen into a rut like that. Um, and five of six. They had that one really good win against the Vancouver Canucks kind of sandwiched in between there, which made you feel like this team was going to kind of come out of this and uh, out of this little rut they had. But they had that win. But in between that four-game losing streak, you had that awful loss to the Calgary Flames. Um, It it feels like it's one of these games or one of these home stands where if you're a Bruins fan and you've gone to one of them, you feel bad for people who've like had to pay money for a couple of them. You look at like that Flames game, that Seattle Kraken game on Thursday. Um, just low-event hockey, nothing really going on, not a whole lot to show for it. And I think you look at this past game on Saturday against the Kings, 5-4 overtime loss, it's even more frustrating, right? Because uh, I think Jim Montgomery said it best um, post-game. He said, quote, that's a game we should win. Uh, The execution wasn't where it should be. Give them credit. They never stopped competing. That's what desperate teams do. And it's true. The Bruins just aren't really playing like a desperate team right now where you've had multiple opportunities to really put that game away um, and just couldn't get, get the job done. You know, it's frustrating the fact that I think the Bruins, their previous four losses had scored a whopping four goals. They finally get four goals in a game and, whether it's just the saves not being there, the the penalties, the special teams play, um, this team just couldn't get out of its own way a lot of the times to um, you know lift themselves to a victory, which is uh, very frustrating. And I think when you look at, uh, especially in this game, right, like you have the power play, which you know finally cashes in a little bit earlier on in the game. JVR has a really strong game, which was really encouraging. Um, But this is still a power play that has been really out of whack the last couple of games. Extended drought that really, you know, put them in a spot where they couldn't either extend leads, claw back into games. And then even in this game, yes, it's great. You get a few of the power play goals early on, but you get a power play opportunity in overtime. Feels like a gift wrap two points right there, right? Um, And Bruins aren't able to convert, you know, aren't aware of the fact that Brent Clark's uh, coming out of the box there, um, you know, bad pass. You know, uh, Pasternak has the shot, feeds back. All of a sudden, Clark has a breakaway. Great set of moves by him to beat Allmark, but still, that's just a sequence that can't happen, uh, especially for a team that is so you think would be tuned into, <clears throat> you know, sticking to the stronger details of the game and putting games away. Um, that just really can't happen out there for the Bruins uh, in that situation. So even with the positives in this game, like the power play still not enough to get two points out of it. The PK, uh, again, which has probably been one of the most surprising things that, you know, I think since really like the holiday break, the PK has taken a huge step back. This is a, a group that for years now has been a really, really, you know, foundation, a strong foundation of this team as to why they're so successful is really strong PK work. And it's really just eroded since the holidays. Um, last six games they're operating at 68.8%. Um and then even look at this game right you have the ozone infraction from Zaka leads to a, a critical PK late in the game where again even if this team's been struggling in shorthanded situations that is a play that you have to you know that that is a sequence you have to capitalize on you have to kill the play <coughs> and it just didn't happen for the Bruins in that situation right um you know, they, they're able to get the, the game time goal, go to overtime. And it just, you know, once again, compounds the issues with this team as of late where, um, you know, you can look at some of the positives, right? You look at the third line, had a really strong game. Um, you could point to the fact that Pasternak had a, a goal wiped off off of a goalie interference call, which I feel like we could probably talk for about 20 minutes on that as to where exactly that best, uh, you know, where that ruling is there. I didn't really see the, the need to take that goal off the board. But, again, you you spin the wheel, right, when it comes to video reviews and stuff like that. Um, but I, I just think when you look at this team, and also Anthony Machari gets a goal, um, you know, good play by him, uh, good play by that fourth line. But regardless of whatever positives you want to put towards a game, and there are some of these games where I think you'll, <coughs> you'll take a, uh, a strong effort like the Tampa Bay game, back and forth, you come away with a point there, you know, you you would like more, obviously, but this wasn't the case. Um But I, I think you see how that game kind of played out and, and you you view that as like kind of building your game forward. That's what Montgomery mentioned after that game against Tampa Bay, where it's like, All right, we were pretty much run out of the building in that Calgary game. Um, you know, we we lose we we beat Vancouver, lose to it a Tampa team that's playing really well. You'll take that to then kind of have a, a no-show against a team like the Seattle Kraken, who another snoozer of a game, and then a, a game like the Kings, where, again, you you have some positives, but it's not winning hockey when you can't capitalize in those situations. So, you know, when you're not aware of when time's expiring on your power play in overtime, where it should be a layup of a opportunity there for you to get two points, when you're not killing penalties late in the game when you know the team's pushing... Um, <coughs> All those situations there, I think, just make for a really, really rough product out there. Um, and it's again, some of it has been bad luck. I think you look at like that Kraken game where uh, uh, it felt like the Bruins had three or four quality chances that either you know hit off a crossbar or um, or the puck sat like right on the goal line, what have you. And again, that happens over the span of a long season, but. It's still a situation right where um, the way this team is playing right now, it's not good enough for a whole 60-minute game to consistently win, and that's that's the whole thing. This team as constituted has the talent, has the goaltending to, you know, fall into quite a few two-point victories, right? You can rely on a guy like David Pasternak. You can rely on a guy like Pride Martian. You can rely on Swayman or Olmark getting hard at the right time. And that's great and all, but when you're straying so far from your details in so many critical areas of the game and so many other players aren't pulling on the rope, then you do get into the situation where um, you're staring at a very real possibility where you're playing a a pretty good Dallas Stars team on Monday where um, you could end this, you know, seven-game homestand with one regulation win, which I think would, you know, I think if you're a Bruins fan, you'd be shocked by that considering how well they'd really had played since the holiday break, but uh, that's kind of the hand they've been dealt, and a lot of it's been self-inflicted in terms of just not executing in critical areas of a game when, uh, you know, the momentum can swing back and forth, you know, whether it's not getting that kill, whether it's not capitalizing on that power play, what have you. The Bruins, you know, mostly have themselves to blame for kind of the situation they're in. So um, we'll dive into a little bit more of the – a few of the positives we drew from that game. But before we do that, listen to our good friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with things like quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props and a whole lot more and really that's the best part about fanduel is that you can bet on anything you want to place a wager on how many three-pointers jason tatum's gonna hit in a game be my guest maybe how many goals david is gonna score this season go for it you can really do it all with pretty much any sport out there even with the nfl season done the opportunities are endless so bet now on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use And the best part of all, you get paid instantly. Just visit Fanduel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. Fanduel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-throwable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Once again, shout out to our good friends over at FanDuel. So, I mean, in terms of some of the positives, I think the one that you can point to, it's the third line. You get two goals from them. Um, You know, JVR uh, contributes. Or you get you know, JVR gets two goals, Frederick gets a goal in the third period. Um, I mean, I think on most situations, when you get a third line where you generate two five on five goals, most of the time that leads to a victory, right? Um, when you have that part of the lineup really pulling its weight. And it's good to see a few of those guys get going. You know, Frederick had been a little bit quiet since the uh, coming back from the all-star break. Same with Kiki. I think going into that game, Kiki only had, I think, one goal in his last seven games. So really encouraging to get that part of the lineup going. Um, Cause it, it shows you how much different this overall team can be when you have guys further down the lineup who are driving play can answer the ball and, you know, answer the bell and can really step up when needed. And even look at like Frederick goal, which is right after uh, the Kings uh, the Kings tied it there in the third period. Perfect example of just the momentum swing of a game and, and what you need to do to kind of reassert yourself and, um, I really do like that third line of how they play Frederick, uh, geeky and JVR. Um, I do feel like they complement each other pretty well. And it's one thing where I think the big question mark for that line going into the year in terms of maybe each of them individually is whether or not they were able to drive play amongst themselves, right? Like is JVR at this stage of his career, better suited to be like a top six guy where he's with a guy like Pasternak or or someone like that, you know, is geeky. Does he need to be with elevated line mates? Frederick, same thing. And it seems like he put those guys together. Just good things tend to happen when they play kind of smart, simplified hockey. Um, you know, they're all three big bodies down there. Uh, more geeky. I know he's not really the the biggest guy, but, you know, 6'2". Um, I think he's second or third on the team in total hits, you know, which, again, is not the ultimate barometer, but <clears throat> does play kind of a – a more physical brand of hockey than maybe some Bruins fans expected. So, if I'm Jim Montgomery, that's the one line I really don't touch at all. Uh, moving forward is that third line. Now, um, you tell me like the fourth line. I still think you have to figure out what exactly the identity that group is. I'm not really going to besmirch them that much off of this game though. When uh, you know it was good work down low that led to Anthony Richard's goal. It, he kind of got an assist from the goalie there, but a good finish from him. After his linemen kind of fish out the puck along the end boards, um, but it's also one of those things where you know we've mentioned this time and time again. Where if you're the Bruins, you're you're playing at your best when you've got a lot of other key contributors rolling in the lineup. And you know you look at you know a guy like Pasternak and, and what he provides. You know the usual suspects, but like um, as good as Frederick and and JVR and a few those guys were tonight. Like Jake DeBrusk is still a guy that has zero points in his last seven games when. Again, we just see how much more dangerous this team can be when he's really rolling out there as well. So, um, yeah, you'll take you know the fact that third line's playing well. that You finally got a few power play goals. You can build off of that, but doesn't really feel all that great when you're still you know you, you drop an OT loss to a team um, and you're now you know losers of five of your last six games. Doesn't doesn't feel all that great when when at the end of the day you're trying to build your overall game, trying to get back on track. And this game on Saturday, it really didn't feel like that at all. So um, we'll dive into this a little bit more. All right, so the Bruins now close out their homestand on Monday against the Dallas Stars. We are officially, you know, less than a month away from the NFL trade deadline. So what exactly should the Bruins do at this point? And I think overall the game plan should be in the next, you know, two and a half weeks as you're waiting and assessing your options at the deadline. I don't think... This The Bruins in changes their overall approach to the deadline in terms of them going from soft buyers to soft sellers where all of a sudden, like, a guy like DeBrus is going to get moved for a first-round pick or anything like that. Um, But I do think you look at the way this team is set up in the next two weeks or so, wouldn't be surprised if they give a younger player like a Fabian Licello look, see if just that kind of player can give them a little bit of a spot here. Um, somewhere in the lineup, a little bit more of an offensive pop. Maybe you call up Lori, but I still feel like the biggest issue with the defense right now is snuffing out scoring chances. And I feel like Lori isn't necessarily the best fit there for what they really need. So I wouldn't be surprised if they call up a, a guy like Lysel and, and give him a little bit of a run here. Worst case, it's kind of like Markilov, where it doesn't have a lot of minutes, doesn't really impact the game. But if he does well, one, it raises his trade value. Too, it gives you a little bit of a spark and you have a guy that maybe you want to keep here long-term. And again, worst case, if he doesn't make an impact, you send him back down and, and, and that's that. So, you know, like sells had a, a really strong year, had some early bumps where I think he's continued to kind of learn how to play winning hockey uh, in the NHL ranks. Um, and that's been something that he's had to work on a little bit here, but wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets a look um, at some point, in the next couple of, uh, you know, days, weeks, just to give the Bruins a little bit of something here uh, before the trade deadline. So that's something I definitely keep tabs on. And then the deadline, I mean, I still feel like, you know, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast with both, you know, Evan and Ty, where we've said, you know, is it uh, a middle six player? Is it a fourth line guy? Is it a defenseman? I think the most pressing thing right now is you need another physical, nasty defenseman out there. Um, you know, Derek Forbert, who again, I think was really strong to start the year, was on the ice for three goals against uh on Saturday against the Kings. Really rough game from him. I just think you need more of a steadying presence further down in that lineup right now. And again, maybe Forbert gets healthy and uh rights the ship, but I think you need more insurance back there. So, you know, whether that's a, a guy like Ilya Lubushkin or Nick Sealer or uh, one of the many kind of third pairing physical defenseman who should be out there. I think the Bruins have to be involved there in terms of picking out one of those players. Um, so I, I think that's the most pressing need for the Bruins right now is help on D. Uh, especially just, just feels like there's too many, you know, weak chains in the in their overall armor right now on defense, right? There's a few guys you can trust, a few guys that maybe are underperformed, but you generally know what to expect out of them and you hope that they kind of write the ship. But when you have guys like Forbert who are really struggling, uh Grzik struggling um, there's too many weak areas that line up where, you know, we're not even talking about playoffs right right yet, but um, even in this regular season over this kind of gauntlet of an 82-game season, you've got way too many parts of the game where you're like, ah, uh, the, the Bruins have some soft spots here where a team could really kind of take advantage of them. So I do think looking at the de- at defense has to be their number one priority. And again, I mentioned guys like LaBushkin or Sealer, but there's so many different guys out there that aren't, you know, we're not talking about the... Um, you know, the Noah Hannafins or the Chris Tanovs, you know, maybe Jacob Middleton, but that's going to be a, I think probably a pretty sizable ask for a guy who's probably more of a top four guy, a guy that a lot of players probably would, a lot of teams would covet as kind of a physical defenseman, six, three under contract for this year and next, like he's probably going to cost quite a bit, but you know, maybe you weigh that risk reward. Um, But if you're the Bruins and you're able to get out of this deadline with A little bit more halved on the blue line. And then I I do think you need some sort of galvanizing kind of fourth line kind of player, uh, like to put into this lineup, just because I think you need more of an identity with that group. Um, (coughs) That's not to say that you need like a a guy who's going to drop the gloves or anything like that. But I I think what this team desperately needs is a a tone setting player, a guy that can, you know answer the bell when needed over a playoff run, can drop the gloves, but can deliver a hit, can get guys going. And so, like, even, like, a guy like Brendan Duhame for the Minnesota Wild, who really fast skater, hits pretty much everyone when he hops over the boards. I think a guy like that, that kind of fits in with, like, the new NHL in terms of speed, floor checking, that kind of aggressiveness over maybe a, a bigger guy, but... Isn't going to win a lot of foot races. I think a guy like Brendan Duhame is a guy the Bruins should definitely be looking at. So, again, the Bruins are a rough little rut right now. I don't think it's going to change their overall deadline plans or anything like that. But uh, I think it's good. Something needs to change between now and March eighth. So, that's all we have for uh, this episode of uh, Poke the Bear. Hopefully, by next week, I'll be able to have my actual voice and won't be coughing into my microphone every single time. So hopefully this is a one-off so thank you for your patience uh grinding through this uh, as i have but um again you can find all my stuff over at boston.com um you can follow me on twitter at connor underscore 93 uh once again this is uh episode 204 of poke the bear and you guys have a great rest of your week